are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Well, welcome to the very first episode of Meet and Write. I want to give a background of where this podcast came from and what's the point of it. So as you heard in that very short intro clip at the beginning of this podcast, this podcast will be diving into topics pertaining to liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. So what does that really mean that communion begins after church? Don't we partake of the body and blood of Christ in communion every Sunday? So what do I mean when I say that communion begins after that? Well, let's break up the word communion. The essence of the word communion means an exchange. Every Sunday morning, I come to Christ with my problems, my habits, my sins, and in exchange, He comes inside of me to give me new life, to renew me, to heal me. And this is the pinnacle of communion, and this is the centerpiece of my relationship with God. But once I partake of communion, how am I applying Him to my life? How am I applying the power of the resurrected Christ to my relationships, to my problems? Am I exchanging my old self with the new identity that I find in Christ? This is what it means to begin communion after church. I invite Christ inside of me every Sunday morning at communion, but how I live that out throughout the week is how I continue to show my love for Him. I must continue to have that exchange of my old self and habits and put on the new person that I find in Jesus Christ. Now, for where this podcast came from, I gotta give a little background of myself. I grew up in church learning the history, the rites, the rituals, and the hymns of the church. But as I grew up and started questioning my faith, I began to ask myself, what am I doing? What am I saying? What is the point of all of this? Am I just going through the motions, coming in and out of church to have communion and just repeat this over and over again, week in and week out? So as I grew up, these are the type of questions that really sparked my growth toward Christ and inspired the episodes of this podcast. So this is a podcast where we'll be learning how to experience transformational liturgical worship through the hymnology and spirituality of the Coptic Orthodox Church. So the key phrase of what I said is transformational liturgical worship. We can all participate in liturgical worship, but am I really engaging myself to be transformed? Am I applying the living Son of God, who I partake of in liturgy? Am I applying Him to my thoughts, to my actions, to my relationships? My ultimate goal is to be transformed through the hymns and the rites of liturgical worship. And that's really why the church gives us these is that I'm able to apply them to my relationship with my Savior. So this podcast will consist of interviews and meditations on topics pertaining to the diaconate ministry, which is toward deacons, and to Orthodox spirituality. So let's jump right into it. Now for the name of this podcast. So many of you might be wondering, why is this podcast called Meet and Write? Many of us have have heard that phrase in liturgy, we hear meet and write all the time, but many of us don't really stop and think of what does that really mean? Well, it comes from a certain prayer of the Divine Liturgy, or another name for Divine Liturgy is the Eucharist. So there's a large section of the Divine Liturgy titled the Liturgy of the Faithful. And the very first part of the Liturgy of the Faithful is the prayer of reconciliation. 
in which we reconcile with God and with one another. I come to church with my problems and struggles, wanting to unite with God, but I can't just come to Him and have some bitterness or anger toward other people in my church. I can't just unite with God by myself and not worry about the other people around me. What is essential for my healing, for my salvation, in some shape or form, is other people. If I want to reconcile with God, I must reconcile with others. In the first epistle of St. John, we read that for anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. If I desire to see God, I must desire to love and respect others. If I have any type of bitterness or jealousy toward others, I have to put that away and reconcile with them, which ultimately leads me to reconcile or unite with God. And the church really reminds us of this every Sunday morning in the gospel of the third hour of Igbeya. Christ tells us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Christ is telling us to strive to intentionally make peace with one another, because when I do that, then I am truly being his child, his son. So once everyone is on the same page after the prayer of reconciliation, we then lift up ourselves to God for the part of divine liturgy titled the anaphora. The word anaphora is a Greek word meaning lifting up or the elevation. This is the part of the divine liturgy where we all lift up our hearts, our voice, our spirit, and our entire being to the true physician, the healer of our souls and bodies. So this part of the divine liturgy, the anaphora, dates back to the second century and is first documented in something called the apostolic tradition. So the apostolic tradition is a document describing the growth and life of the church in the first three centuries. The anaphora is prayed in many churches, including the Roman Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran, and many other denominations. This prayer, which is an exchange between the priest and the people is found in many liturgies in Orthodoxy, including the Liturgy of St. Basil, which is the liturgy traditionally prayed in the Coptic Orthodox Church. So let's dive right into the prayer of the Anaphora. So it begins with the priest saying, The Lord be with you all. And the people respond, And with your spirit. So right from the get-go, we see this first part of the Anaphora summarizing or capturing the spirit of the prayer of reconciliation, which is the part of the liturgy right before the anaphora. We see this mutual love and peace that exists between the priest and the people. The priest is beginning by saying, the Lord be with you all. And all the people respond saying that we want the Lord to be with the priest as well. So right after that, the priest says, lift up your hearts. And the people respond, we have them with the Lord. Then the priest says, let us give thanks to the Lord. So that word thanks, what the priest is saying, in Greek, it's evcheresteia. That word, evcheresteia in Greek, is translated as thanksgiving. And, it, and this is where we get the word Eucharist. So literally, the priest is saying, let us participate in the Eucharist. Let us actively engage ourselves and giving thanks and participating in the Eucharist. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Let us all participate in the Eucharist. Then here comes the confusing part. The people respond by saying, It is meet and right. 
So the priest is saying, let us give thanks, and we respond by saying, it is meet and right. Then the priest says, meet and right, meet and right. Truly indeed, it is meet and right. So this is definitely the confusing part, and I remember growing up, my sister and I, I mean, we definitely didn't understand, and we used to make fun of my mom saying, you know, what's for dinner? Are we having meat and rice? Meat and rice, truly indeed, what is for dinner is meat and rice. We, we didn't really understand what is meat and right mean. So let's kind of break it up, what, what that actually means. So the word meat is a noun. It's an old English word meaning worthy or just. So that Greek word, which we translate by saying meat, is axeios or axeion, which is where we get the English word axiom. So let's see who remembers from high school, what does the word axiom mean? So the word axiom means a statement that is regarded as being established or self-evidently true. The word axiom means a statement that is regarded as being established or self-evidently true. So, if, if that's what axiom means, or the Greek word axion or axios, which we're using the Old English word, we're saying meat in the prayer of anaphora, what does that really mean? What are we saying that is established or self-evidently true? What does that mean to me when I pray that by saying it is meat and right? What is established? What is self-evidently true? What is proper for us? What is true to us as the children of God, is that we participate in the Eucharist. So if we're looking back at the prayer, the priest is saying, let us give thanks to the Lord. Let us actively participate in the Eucharist. Let us put our heart, our mind, our spirit to participate in the Eucharist. And the people respond saying, it is meet and right. It is true. It is fitting. It is proper that I engage myself and partake of the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. We are in our truest state of purpose or design when we participate in the Eucharist. I'll say that again. We are in our truest state of purpose or design when we participate in the Eucharist. So sometimes we see the Greek word axios or axeios translated as worthy or fitting. So besides the Eucharist, besides the prayer of the anaphora, we see that Greek word axeios, or sometimes in English we, we chant worthy, we see it several other times in, in worship. For example, we, we see the word axeios, or worthy, when we're venerating or honoring uh, saints or martyrs. For example, we say, worthy is Saint Mark, the beholder of God. So what does that mean when we're saying worthy, or axeios, is Saint Mark? Because if, if, we, if we remember, we said the word worthy or axios means something that is self-evidently true. So what is true for me as a child of God? That I live a life for Christ, which is my truest state or purpose by design, is that I live for Him. So the saints and the martyrs truly lived a life for Him, for Christ. So that's why we say that it is proper, it is fitting, it is worthy. Worthy is St. Mark, the beholder of God. Because he beheld God in the truest form that he held God by living for him. So that's why we honor or venerate the saints by saying worthy or axeos. We also see the word axeos when we're honoring a member of the body of Christ in baptism. We say worthy is whoever, the, the beloved of Christ or the Christian. 
Why are, why are we saying worthy? Because in our truest form, on our truest purpose by design, is to be spiritually born. We are called to be born spiritually, which is our truest state or purpose. And being born spiritually is what will lead me to have a full union with Christ. Another example is we say worthy for weddings. We say worthy is the bride and groom. Why we say worthy is the bride and groom? Because in our truest sense, our truest state of being is that man should not be alone. That we are celebrating, we are honoring this bride and groom because a new church is being established. A new church is being established with Christ being in their midst. So we say worthy is the bride and groom because in our truest state, we are invited to begin a new church with Christ in the middle of that new church. So as a summary, we chant axeos, the Greek word axeos, or worthy, when someone is in their truest state of purpose or design. Again, we chant axeos, or worthy, when someone is in their truest state of purpose or design. So if we're looking back at the prayer of the anaphora that we talked about earlier, we declare that it is worthy, it is proper, it is fitting for us as his children to offer our mind, our heart, our spirit, and our voice to the Lord in celebration of the Eucharist. St. John, John Chrysostom, in a commentary on the liturgy, said the following, When you see the Lord lying upon the altar, and the priest bent over that sacrifice praying, do you think that you are still among men on earth? Rather, you are lifted up to heaven. And when we are lifted up to heaven, this is our truest state of being. This is our purpose, by design, to live with Christ in heaven and be with him. And where we're able to meet Christ in heaven is when we gather together as one body, as one voice, around the table of the Lord in celebration of the Eucharist. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CopticHymnsInEnglish.com.